At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, Matt Straub here welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Believe it or not, as of Wednesday when this episode is dropping, there are 41 days to go until the NBA regular season begins, if my math is actually correct. Today we are going to hit some recent headlines, many of them coming out of the state of California. We're also going to talk about where to consider drafting some of last year's top rookies. Steve Alexander is with me today. Steve we're going to start with some recent headlines. Jovan Buha of The Athletic reports that Paul George will miss most of October. That would be his estimate on the conservative side. Buha has previously reported that George's season debut may not come until mid to late November as he recovers from shoulder surgery. I think there are a number of ways to look at this, Steve, and I want to get your take on it. Quickly, I'll just say my my thought on this is it actually may be a, a good opportunity when we're drafting because Paul George is a first-round caliber player when he's on the court. This may open up a door for you to get him a little bit later. And therefore, I mean, for me, I'm just trying to kind of find hacks to get as many, you know, top 10 guys on my roster as I can. And this looks like it potentially opens the door if you're willing to be patient. Do you buy that logic? Yeah, I do. It, it, it's interesting, though, because if you look at how fantasy drafts are going to shake out this year, you know, in football, you once we found found out that Zeke was coming back, you pretty much wanted a top four pick so you could get one of those big four running backs. In basketball, there's kind of like a top five first tier, which is the the five studs everybody knows. Do I need to name them? I, I guess Curry, yeah, Curry, Anthony Davis, James Harden, Carl Anthony Towns, and Giannis. And then there's a second tier with the, like Damian Lillard and Jokic in it, which it's not bad to get one of those guys. So then you're at seven players. And then if you get that eighth or ninth pick, uh, that was where Paul George was going. So now that Paul George is going to miss a chunk of time after having surgery, not on one shoulder, but both of them, which is a little ominous, that kind of leaves that who do I take at nine or eight or ten uh, mystery. It, it clouds it up a little bit more. But to your point, if I can get Paul George, who's really like a number eight or nine guy in the third or even fourth round because everybody's scared of his injury. And then November, you know, Thanksgiving rolls around. I plug him in the lineup and he looks amazing. Then, you know, you win. Yeah. And, and I mean, uh, yeah, I, actually I was going <laughs> to add something, but I don't think I have anything to add. <laughs> I kind of said a lot right there. Sorry about that. No, no, no. I am with you. Uh, that Yeah, sounds like we're in agreement there. Keeping it in L.A., Jovan Buha also writes, it's hard to imagine a reality, quote-unquote, where Lou Williams has the same prominent role he's had the last couple of seasons, that obviously being now that the Clippers have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I I see that argument. I think my counterpoint to that is that 
if we're talking about Paul George potentially missing the first month or so of the season, and we expect Kawhi Leonard to sit out, let's say, ballpark 15 games, possibly more, possibly a little less, depending on how optimistic or pessimistic you are, there's a path to Lou Williams having some really valuable weeks in fantasy leagues. And so I, I don't think it's necessarily all doom and gloom as far as Sweet Lou is concerned. I really don't either. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is going to be, I mean, he is the face of superstars resting in professional sports. He's the... He's Mr. Load Management. Poster child. He is Mr. Load Management. So he's not going to be playing a ton, especially if the the score is lopsided. He's going to get days off. There's an opportunity for Lou Williams right there. Paul George, we don't know when Paul George is going to play. There's a huge opportunity for Lou Williams right there. Patrick Beverly plays great defense, better defense than Lou Williams does. Sure he does. But if they need offense late in the game... I could see Lou Williams being in there late if if they need some scoring. And then Landry Shamet is supposedly going to come in and and ruin Lou Williams. But Lou Williams is like a 12, 13-year veteran who's instant offense and two-time six-man of the year. I, I just don't – I don't see it as doom and gloom at all. I think – Lou Williams, so sure, I, I do downgrade him a little bit from his average last year around 20 points, 5 assists. But, you know, I'm not downgrading him so drastically. I think he can still land in the 16 to 18 point per game range and maybe a few less assists as well. But still a clear path to him having value. And I think he's going to drop in fantasy leagues as a result of all this. You know, and, and I know I don't think he was on our list to talk about. But while we're at talking about guys, we don't know when they're going to play or when they're coming back who are potential first-round guys. Victor Oladipo, man, are you are you touching Oladipo this year? No, not not unless... I, I mean, hope, we don't know that's... his return date. We, we have no idea when he might be back. I think I would say, I hope not. I hope I have the wisdom not to do that. <laughs> it yeah. just seems like there's too much risk, and, and you it's not like he's going to fall super crazy far, I don't imagine. You know, I, I don't think it's not like you can get him at like 80 or something. You're going to have to pay still, I think, a relatively early round pick, I think, to get him. Don't you think? I don't know. I, I, I think the news by the time people start drafting a month from now, I think I think the news is going to be out there that he may be sitting there in the eighth or ninth well, round. In that case, I mean, if it, if it gets to that, then I'm more than happy to to roll the dice at that point in the draft. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah you just got to be careful with Oladipo and Paul George this year because – and ironically, they're both, uh, well, former or Indiana Pacers. Also, I, I like how we're saying, be careful with Paul George, but also draft him because it's a good strategy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see what so, Jovan Buha's next uh, Paul George update is. I mean, who knows what where Paul George is going from here? We'll see. Yeah. All right, shifting now to the Lakers, reports are out that Anthony Davis is trying to improve his three-point stroke. Uh, I wrote about this recently on Roto World, Steve. The bottom line for me is I listen, I pay attention anytime a big man is talking about improving on threes. You and I have talked a number of times about Brooke Lopez going from 0.03s one year to 1.8 the following season. That is all the reminding that I will ever need that this this can happen. Uh, so I'm intrigued. Davis already averaged 0.93s a game last season on 33.1% shooting. Imagine if he can boost that to something like 1.5 per game. 
that would be unheard of territory, literally. I, should, I looked this up on Basketball Reference. No one has ever averaged more than 1.03s, 1.5 steals, and 2.5 blocks. And Davis averaged 0.93s, 1.6 steals, 2.4 blocks last season. The bottom line is he's good anyways, but <laughs> anything that adds value has me. I mean, I don't. is it crazy to, to be thinking about him in the mix at number one? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, for me, I think Stephen Curry with no Kevin Durant and no Clay Thompson, that is very intriguing to me. Like, I love Curry without those guys. Yeah, same. That's who I'd board. be taking first also. Carl Anthony Towns is has an incredible schedule. He plays. He doesn't miss games. This could be the year where he just takes it to another level. He's also a big man that shoots threes. He's right there. James Harden, I mean, what can you say? And then AD, I'm just worried about load management with AD. I'm worried about him and LeBron coexisting uh, a little bit. But, I mean, he's he's awesome. And if you want to take AD at number one, by all means, I'm not going to stop you. But I guess I mean think about a scenario where you potentially get him fifth, and that that there's a there's a clear path to that I think in a lot of leagues too, and that's just that's insane. Yeah, as far as yeah, I totally agree. Uh, as far as big men shooting three pointers, like it's funny because you reminded me of the like ninety five percent of the people on listening to this aren't going to understand this, but there used to be a commercial back in the day when EF Hutton talks. I listen. That was a big TV ad campaign. When when big man big men say they're going to start shooting threes, Matt Straub listens. I kind of tune it out now with <laughs> with Cat or Anthony Davis. Yeah, I mean they've got good shooting strokes. They can shoot it. I know they can shoot it already. If they are going to hit more three pointers, I'm not going to be surprised by that at all. It's when Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen start yapping about they're going to become three point shooters that I just kind of tune it out move on with my life because yeah they can shoot deandre jordan can shoot all the three-pointers he wants i him turning in to a good free throw shooter was was already one miracle that we've witnessed so i I think to get two miracles in one career is probably not gonna happen Uh, wait but the guy maybe the guy's just a miracle worker like he he did pull off the unthinkable and become a respectful free throw shooter his next trick steve is raining threes just watch well that's what he says that's what he (laughs) says I I remain skeptical on on a number of players, but I'm just saying I, it, it becomes a tiebreaker for me in drafts sometimes, or it, it can you know boost a guy's value slightly if there's just a chance uh, that that might happen. Well, especially if LeBron James is drawing double and triple teams down on the block and AD standing out there waiting for a wide open corner three. I mean, that's a scenario I could see happening a lot. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're now going to hit the Warriors, which who came up briefly before. Anthony Slater of The Athletic expects Willie Cauley-Stein to start start at center for Golden State. He also expects Kevon Looney to get 25 to 30 minutes a game. So uh, Willie Cauley-Stein's path to production could be a little complicated. Steve, are you interested in either of these centers? I know our colleague Mike Gallagher has developed a bit of a, what would you say? A man um, crush. <laughs> yeah, his his Kevon Looney, he he is more excited about Kevon Looney than most, I would say. I'm not really. I, I still need to be talked into it. Are you interested in drafting either of these guys, you know, towards the end of your drafts? I mean, I'm going to uh, despite what the Roto World blurb says, which is Looney's a better late round target than than Willie Cauley-Stein. I think I think the Roto World basketball staff could lock themselves in a room for an hour and and talk about those two guys and probably come out still 
uh, with some dissension and some disagreement. Somehow, uh, like, people are bleeding. There's been, like, punches thrown. Fists have been thrown. No, I don't think anybody's <laughs> going to get hurt. <laughs> but the, the bottom line is Willie Colley can run the floor, and he's got a lot of experience. And I, I look at him as a an offensive basketball player to some extent, whereas Looney, to me, is more of a – he's only going to score – right at the rim and he's he's not really an offensive guy he's more of a, a defensive enforcer type guy but they can both run the floor they're both going to play heavy minutes in golden state and it's just going to come down to probably who has a better relationship with steve kerr really and their teammates as to as to who has more fantasy value it could go either way you know one thing about mike gallagher is when he gets locked in on a guy McCollum's breakout season comes to mind. And, and really every year he, he hones in on two or three guys and they usually always do really well. So I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to doubt Mike on this. I think Looney has a pretty decent shot at being what Mike says he's going to be. But if I wasn't drinking the Mike Kool-Aid, I would not be really interested in, in Looney. Well, and, and let's be clear. I don't think Mike is is expecting anything big from Looney per se. And I don't think any of us are. Yeah, so, he just thinks he's going to be a good late round pick. Yeah, yeah. So that's fine. I mean, here's a guy who averaged 6.5 rebounds a game last year, 0.6 steals, 0.7 blocks in 19 minutes a game. You know, if he gets 30 minutes a game, I don't know. You can see a path to something like 8.7 rebounds and a block and close to a steal a game. That's good for a late round pick, especially in a in a deeper league. So, but I, I think uh, I think Willie Colley is going to love playing with Steph Curry, and I think Steph is going to like Willie Colley. Like, I, if Steph and Willie Colley get on the same page, I think I think Willie Colley Stein is going to is going to be. I mean, to me, he's he's a bit of a sleeper this year. I li- I like him. And I and I too would draft him before Looney. So the the, line, the lines have been drawn. <laughs> let's uh, let's find a, a a room where we can all go fight this out. Uh, all right. Now that we have gotten into draft talk a little bit, just a few other names we want to talk about: Trey Young, Luka Doncic, and Mitchell Robinson. Last year's rookies have all been going really early in the fantasy drafts we've seen so far. Anyways, in some cases toward the end of the first round, in a lot of cases in the second. Do you think this is justified in any case, none of the cases, some of the cases? Which of these guys, I guess, Steve, are you most likely to draft? And I think you said you want to talk about this just so you could get back on your Luka Doncic soapbox again, I assume. <laughs> no, you know what's weird is I, I like, I really want all three of these guys on my team. And it's interesting, we, we've got an auction, uh, a mock auction draft for the road world NBA draft guide, which is dropping very soon. Hopefully it'll be up by Monday. We've got this auction mock and I, and I, I am notorious Matt for blowing all my money on a top three guy and then one or two other studs. And then I sit there and just wait till the end of the draft. And it's not fun to do it that way. It's, I haven't been very successful doing it that way. So this year, this year, or for this auction, I'm like strategizing, like, okay, I'm going to try not to get Anthony Davis and try not to get James Harden and, you know, some of these huge dollar guys. And maybe, maybe I can get Luca and Trey and Mitchell Robinson all for, you know, what Stephen Curry costs, which I don't think that's going to happen because. Every draft I've seen, I think Trey has gone early in the second round in both both of them, and 
I took Mitchell Robinson with like the 12th pick in one and Luca's going either like 12 to 12 to 16 range. And that's really high for a guy who struggled with field goal percentage and free throw percentage last year. And turnovers. Uh, it's high for Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson was like a half of the season, second half player last year, but the first half he was just blocking shots. And then Trey Young was terrible for the first quarter of the season and then finished up really strong. So I think it's interesting that these guys who were sort of polarizing figures last year are all being looked at in that 11 to 20 range. Like they're all going to go in that range this year. And I would take all three of them there, but there's a lot of people who are scared of field goal percentage and free throw percentage and, and whatnot that don't want them that early and will gladly let suckers like me do that. The guy I want the least out of those three is Doncic. And again, not a, not a referendum on the player himself, but he was closer to a hundredth overall in nine category leagues on basketball monsters leaderboard. I mean, even like if I'm being super optimistic, he jumps like 60 spots. You're still not getting your value there that you paid on draft day. So I don't know. I don't know. Trey Young was was in the top 40s down the stretch, I believe. So you could kind of see a path to where he's closer to a top 25 guy, and I'll pay a little more in drafts because I'm a Hawks fan. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I'm going to get any of these guys in a lot of my drafts because the word is out and people are being really aggressive on them, and I and I think that's fine ultimately because it will mean that I get some other players I like is what I tell myself so I can sleep at night. Well, my thing on Luke is I think he's going to shoot it better from the field this year. I think he's going to become a good free throw shooter instead of a less than I don't know, he was a, he was a disappointing free throw shooter last year. I think both of those things are changing. The, the turnovers are going to be there. He has the ball too much, but uh, I'm just going to ignore all the bad things Luca does. <laughs> <laughs> I will believe field goal before I believe free throw, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I'd be, it'd be fun to be wrong because it means he has a phenomenal season and another uh, great, exciting young player who's dominant in fantasy is always fun. So, anywho, the one other name we were talking about, as you mentioned, the draft god gets closer, and a name I, you were kind of saying off, to me offline, it's kind of hard to decide, is he a sleeper? Is he a bust? What is he? in fantasy is Terry Rozier. I think you and I might have talked about him a few weeks ago, but let's let's resurface his name again. Uh, are you closer to the sleeper side with him or the bust side? It's funny because I put him in my bust column for the draft guide, but I will probably draft him over and over and over again <laughs> because I field goal percentage, I, I'm, I might as well just go into the season punting shooting percentages because I just don't care. Terry Rozier has never averaged more than what 2.6 assists, I don't think. He's never had a big role. He plays for Charlotte now. He's taken over for Kemba Walker. He's got he got paid a lot of money to go run that offense. He's never shot better than 39% in three seasons, I don't think. His career average is like 38. A lot of people like to call him scary Terry because of that field goal percentage. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot, but then again, he hasn't been the guy having the ball in his hands all the time until this year. So I could see, I think Terry's going to be on a lot of people's sleeper list because he's going to be in such a prominent role. I think he has the potential to do a ton of damage if you draft him too early, uh, but I'm all for the risk and reward. Like, bring me some scary Terry. I, I lean that same direction. 
uh, 14 games as a starter last year, averaged 13 points, around five rebounds, five assists, 1.7 steals, 2.3 three-pointers, and shot nearly 43% for the field, which is fine. If he if he can do that, no complaints. You could definitely see him being worse than that, though, with more volume. So it is a little scary, scary being the operative word here. But I still think I'm going to draft him and uh, see what happens. <laughs> it is a little <laughs> frightening, though. All right. That is about it for us on this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. Take a moment to rate and review as well. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Steve, thank you for taking the time. We will talk to you soon. All right. We'll see you. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.